Well, since our boy Pete is in the Illuminati, man, maybe he could talk right. on it. Shit. <laughs> but he talks in codes, so we're not going to understand him. <laughs> 3511, boom, boom, hug jam. Let's go. Let's go. There we go. And that's, and that's how it happened. All right. All right. Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Outside the Wax, episode 11, a.k.a. Here we are. Here we are to talk about some of the, the licensing switchovers that have uh, taken place in the recent past that's going to uh, be in effect uh, in four years from now. Is that uh, 2025, 2026? Yeah. Like- yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure uh, Fanatics will make a move before then, though. Yeah, yeah, man. Well, uh, this this your boy, uh, Donnie B. Uh, fellas, go ahead, introduce yourself. Ooh. Go ahead, Pete. Peter Pac-Man here. That's right, and I'm uh, Card Killer. And for those following the story, man, that's uh, that's also Rod over there in the corner. That's right. Yeah, you can call me by my name, Rod. That's fine. That, that works for now. Hey. Uh, I, have, I have since un- uh, unveiled myself, you know, as a normal person on a on a podcast recently, uh, a few weeks after uh, National. And it went well. It went fine, man. Uh, I feel good about it. It's just another step in the right direction. And uh, actually, ever since that happened, uh, you know, some of the art and and some of my life has changed. So it's really uh, starting to take new directions. I haven't really divulged much to anybody, but uh, I have a feeling within the next six to eight months or so, um, the plans I have now in my head are going to have to play out. So I got to work hard at it. And I will. Yeah. Hey, um, I, just, I just had, I'm sorry, I just had to deal with five days of food poisoning. So if, um, if Ooh. like I disappear for a bit, it's because I had to run to the bathroom, but I think uh, yeah. I'll be all right. Yeah. Just let it, let us know. And then uh, you'll, you'll be the one editing it out. <laughs> oh yeah. No, yeah. No, I love keeping that shit in. We'll just, you know, I'll just bring, <laughs> I'll, I'll bring the recording to the bathroom and, and you guys get a, get a taste of what I've been going through for five days. Just peeing uh, out my ass. Daddy said editing that shit out literally. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm 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 getting better now. I'm, I I got more energy, you know, like I it ended up like dehydrating me to the point of getting a fever and getting like muscle uh fatigue because of just not having energy. So Right. Uh but that that came back quick cuz once once everything kind of gets out, then uh you get it back quick. So today is day 1 of like I'm 90% by tomorrow. I'll be all right. And so I was able to do this tonight for you guys. Right. Um, hey, well, hey, well, hey, one thing I'd love to hear you uh, speak on a little bit. Um, I mean, obviously you just, you just touched on it a teensy weensy bit, but uh, that, that interview with Jay Lee, man, that was probably the best appearance I've seen from you uh, point blank, dude. Yeah, yeah man. Um, we, we had, we had spoke a little bit about it at national uh i had the mask off at the time um and like i said in that interview it didn't really matter because no one really knows you know so like i could take the mask off at any point during the national and no one would know so um just as long as they didn't do it in front of people so uh i approached him and i said who i was and he's like oh you know do you ever think about doing it um on a show and I was like, you know, I think the time is starting to, you know, the time is right for it to come. And he's like, oh, I'd love to be a part of that. And I was like, yeah, yeah, give me a shout. So um, maybe six weeks later, he got in touch with me and we set it up pretty quickly, like within, 
you know, he's booked up for months, but like he gave me a little pass and we did like a Tuesday when he usually does a Saturday night. So, um, you know, I did, I did a Tuesday night show with him and, um, I said, yeah, you know, just as long as it feels right, you know, at the right time, um, I'll be able to do that. And that, you know, I gave, uh, a, a good reason for it because like, like I, I, I took the mask off in, in, in a few situations to show people respect, um, and to, to get a better connection with them. And, uh, you know, I did it with Jeremy there and that's kind of like what I just wanted to extend to his audience because I felt, you know, that him bringing me on that show at that, that moment that anybody, you know, kind of watching kind of, um, deserved that, you know, me giving them respect as well. So, um, it felt right at the moment. It, um, it plays into the whole scenario to where I'll be transitioning out of using the mask. Um, not, not a hundred percent of the time, but you know, to the point where like, if I need to make a message that's not about the character, then I could do that without having to like, you know, go it a roundabout way about it. You know, I could just be myself. And, and that's what I kind of wanted it to bring now to my, my audience. And, um, and and then just be that person and see how the two the two kind of meet so you'll be seeing some new funky stuff coming out um based on the fact that i'm like kind of bringing the two uh the two characters or the two entities together and uh that was the beginning so that was that was a good interview because you know it, it was from the heart and um his quite he was a great interviewer he's he's a he's a pro at it and um i was able to be comfortable and honest with him so it was really cool. Shout out to Jeremy out there. Um, he has a great show called Sports Card Live on YouTube. If you guys uh, out there are not subscribed, uh, head to it because I'm sure you are because uh, like everybody is. But uh, he, he he's a real pro and he's really on top of the hobby. He knows his shit. Yeah, my guy, Professor X, the Professor X of the hobby. Exactly. He's like, six, he's like six. He's like 6'9". It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> he's like towering over everybody at the National. You can't right. miss them. One of the most savage hockey collectors that the hobby has right. ever seen. Yeah, no doubt. And he knows he knows the, everything in and out, you know. So, uh, mm. and uh, you know, we're, we're, we're tight, man. I you know, I love uh, to talk to that guy, even in the DMs, man. He's a really honest and uh, down to earth guy, man. I appreciate him. Yeah, yeah, love that guy. Without yeah. a doubt, man. Like, uh, yeah, just, I just wanted there. to say that was that was for sure one of my. I mean, if not my favorite uh, interview I've ever seen you be a part of, um, obviously a, a tremendous amount of respect for each other and, uh, you know, two powerful voices in the hobby for uh, two completely separate reasons. So it's very cool to see, uh, you know, uh, a nice positive link up right there and also kind of a, a game changer for, yeah. you know, your art and all that. The, the one thing I, the one thing I have to say about the mask is I feel like it's kind of uh, synonymous with the emoji that you have for your logo. So yeah. I would say, you know, as, as far as marketing purposes, and, and you already know, man, there's always going to be a need for that mask, but it's very cool to be able to kind of Peter Parker it and kind of uh, exist in uh, the real world uh, in, the, in the art space as well as exist as card killer uh, so that was cool man that was I, yeah I appreciate it and what you're gonna see in the next few months is gonna get a lot weirder and a lot crazier uh, 
But, as far as far as cards are concerned, or you're talking about doing larger pieces, what do you? I mean, do you want to talk about it? Um, there's not much I can really talk about it without it, like, you know, coming in at the right time. Because, like, mm-hmm. you know, I base my art on like a like a storyline. Um, Even without the mask, there's still secrets, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, this, I got to give bits and pieces. Come on now, look who's but... talking in code now. Hey. <laughs> I'm on the other side <laughs> of the Illuminati here, bro. <laughs> now, uh, I mean, what I can say is that, um, like I said, I'm going to try to find a way to um, represent both at the same time. So um, I'm working on that. And uh, so, like, in my personal life, I'm working on myself. And I'm working on the art as, at the same time. So it's, it's a little bit of both. But now you're going to see um, me as well. You're going to see Rod um, as yeah. well when you see yeah. the card this mm-hmm. drives the value up we're getting more now so this drives the value up on anything kk related or rod related I'm just putting that out there yeah and uh, i mean I, I just i just wanted to officially say uh what's up to to rod for the first time on uh, episode 11 here uh because up until this point you've been uh known as hard killer so, yo if you if you, anybody lives in new york city and wants to see a rock show come uh September, uh, October 16th, I'm playing in Brooklyn. So hit me up, hit me up, and I'll let you know where and when. Mask off and everything. Oh, yeah, I can't be on stage with that damn mask. I mean, no, the, you know, it's a little gimpish, you know. <laughs> I look like a gimp to everybody else. A little bit, though. <laughs> hey, uh, so your, uh, your voice is going to be in full swing, ready to uh, sing for a show? Yeah, I mean... A couple of months ago, I had a bout with uh, some kind of chest cold, and it and it really took my voice out um, to the point where I couldn't perform, and uh, and that lasted for actually a couple of months. So there was a couple of uh, rough uh, bumps in the road because I'm trying to get uh, a new band going and everything, and and we've actually had to kind of get get other people in, in, in involved. Because uh, people, some people couldn't really, um, couldn't get the swings, you know, couldn't handle the swings. So um, <clears throat> I've been on that road, but I did a show two weeks ago and, uh, you know, for a 40 song performance. Jesus. And, um, wow. And uh, I was able to do it. You know, there was certain things where I had to hold back a little bit and squeeze a little bit. Um, um, what? 40 songs, bro. Yeah, four hours, forty songs. It's what? uh, Dude, it's, hey, yeah, he, it's he, intense. He, could you imagine? Uh, would you? Could you? Could you do a forty? Uh, a forty song show? Sure. I probably. I wouldn't. You wouldn't. <laughs> you probably could, but you wouldn't. I wouldn't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know if I like music that much. I might like to entertain people, be in front of people. I don't. I don't know. That'd take some. Uh, uh, I don't know if I'm. If I can even stand up for that long. Yeah. Because uh, hey, the, the show that I'm planning with us uh, doing half comedy, half hip hop. I was thinking like, uh, you know, maybe like 45 minutes of each type of thing. And uh, KK's over here doing four hours of uh, right? rock and roll songs. Man, that's nuts. Yeah, I mean, in New York City, there's there's a whole scene of bands that do this, you know, they and we come out and we support each other and we watch each other's shows. And uh, and that's that's almost a standard, man. You're, you're out there. You know, if you're at night, you're at nine to one. And if you're playing in the day, you're playing four to eight. 
It's that's the way it goes. You need to get off that hype quick. What do you know? That's the culture out there, though. That's just that's the culture out there. Well, Man, no, no wonder you're all, uh, uh, you know, over there pissing water, bro, or, or yeah. shit and piss. Right. Nah, it's a, it's a grind. It's a grind. But uh, also, there, there's something to be said about finding a way to bring the music into what you guys know as well, <laughs> and you know the, that that's like another step, and it's another way of how am I going to bring all those forms of expression together? So that you know, there's something left to be said where. I could utilize that into this and figure that out. You know, I just haven't done, I haven't gotten there yet. Cause it hasn't like made sense in my, in my gut yet. So, but it's a resource for sure. And like I said, Pete, if you have like tracks or something where you need a rock singer, I got, I got some pro guys that, that can at least record it with a, with a pro sound. So. Man, definitely. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm find some beats and just send it to you and have yeah. them do what they do, and then we'll do the rest. Yeah, I broke to some Lincoln Park type vibe, though. I have some material. Lincoln Park, oh, that was my group growing up. What? Let me know. They That's what I said. I, me and Slab have been writing the Lincoln Park shit for a while now, like months back. We was writing to that type of uh, uh, beats and stuff. Yeah, we ready. Okay. Uh, so, this is the beginning. We got all types. We get crazy, man. Yeah, <laughs> man. I got. I got to say though, uh, Pete is getting. Uh, the, the world is getting uh, in such a crazy way as far as the uh, the vaccine goes. Um, you know, here here we are trying to run uh, a show where we got uh, trade night, we got uh, comedy, we got uh, hip hop. And uh, I mean, for the most part, the venues, you have to be fully vaccinated to get into these uh, clubs, man. Mm. That's I mean, that that is literally making uh, <laughs> that's making uh, my job that much harder for trying to fill it. I mean, your boy is not even vaccinated himself, bro. So, right. You know, that's problematic. <laughs> Yeah, man, in New York City, there there there's certain jobs where they're mandating it, so it's it's getting mm-hmm. tough because they're they're being told to get fired if they're not vaccinated. Like they got it, they got to go. I heard, and you know these are these are quality people, man. Um, I'm one of them, brother. Yeah, that's no joke. I mean that that's a tough thing to uh, to try to push on people, especially when it comes to their own health or what they believe. Come on. I don't know, man. It's it's rough. It's rough in New York City. A lot of people are are uh, are upset about it and shouting, you know. Yeah, it, you know? it's because I really um I really foresaw and I still foresee a very cool event that we you know we're trying to put together. But um, stuff like this definitely uh it definitely ain't making anything easier. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. You just got to give us some more time. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen it uh, firsthand. I've seen shows that should have been sold out, but they're not because not everybody in the world is vaccinated. And and from what I understand, uh, San Francisco is like a pretty vaccinated city for the most part, and, and that's still affecting sales big time, man. I mean, it's it's affecting some shows. You know, sometimes people will pull out because they'll find out that that's the uh, how you know the way we're doing it. And, um, you know, sometimes, uh, so, like I said, sometimes the, the comic themselves are not vaccinated, so they'll feel a certain way and, you know, book a different venue or something. 
Yeah, man. What do you uh, What do you think, Pete? Are you vaccinated? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah. No. So yeah, I am. Man, I've been vaccinated since April. Since April, um, while it wasn't, if I can do it again, um, man, if I could do it again, I probably would get vaccinated. Only because uh, uh, I, I regret doing it because of what it may do to my body. But I'm thankful I did it. I'm an independent contractor, so even though I work for the school and within the school. My position, I'm on a one-year by one-year scholarship each year, essentially. You know what I mean? Contract year by year. So if I'm not at school, I'm not. I, I, if I'm not where the kids are, then I, I'm, I'm useless. You know what I mean? So if there was ever a point to where unvaccinated people weren't allowed to be on campus, uh, then I would not be allowed to be on campus. I wouldn't be able to make money and provide for my family. So for me. That was the first 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 reason why I felt like I had to get it was that I had to put food on the table for my family. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So at the end of the day, when, when it came, I tried to avoid it for, for a few months and, you know, wrap around it. But just seeing what were all the measures that were put in place to make life more difficult for those specifically in my position and others, too, without the vaccine. I wasn't trying to go through all that and and jeopardize like I said putting all I know is working with children families and nonprofits and everybody in this sector it's the same exact requirements for the most part right now and I don't want to go back to the nonprofit world at all I want to stay on school camp you know what I mean so um I had to do what I had to do do they require it for all the students that go to that school as well not uh, not in our district not yet no I think for children 12 and up they're requiring it now or they're they're making that push but in our district i don't think in west contra costa i don't think they're uh doing that not yet but they probably will yeah it, it, i mean it, it does seem like it's uh kind of like a common theme in, in most schools um shit most places everywhere man <laughs> it's crazy world but, uh, it is. It is. It's, it's crazy. But it's 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 on one side they acting like they care, and on the other side it's they acting like they don't care. And this, we've been in the same situation for the last almost two years now. Nothing has changed. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. The craziest is like seeing uh, pictures of like you know the highest ranked officials, including the president. Uh, you know, they'll have a picture of them wearing a mask, and then a picture of them in the same exact setting, like a second later. And every single person have their mask yeah. off. Yeah, it's 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 it, yeah. If, if it, I can't believe the people, and if I believe the numbers, then somebody's not telling the truth. You know what I mean? So, hey, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna do what I got to do to provide for me and mine, man. Yeah, that's 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 probably the most respectable answer I've heard yet, man. I dig that. Um, yeah, 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 I don't. I didn't want to do it though, Donnie. I'm not gonna lie to you, bro. I, I, they not. They not sticking nothing in any of my kids. <laughs> well, hey, I mean, I, uh, I'm just being real with you, man. Like I've heard of. Uh, I mean, firsthand, I've heard of uh, people, uh, you know, having their son get the second dose of the vaccine and uh, within a day become paralyzed. Their whole body can't move. Fuck for life. Dude. Their whole life done. Uh, that's rough. It's got to be some rare allergy, man. You know, of course, of course, that's you know, that's not happening to everybody. Of course, that's right. not the case. But uh, even if that's like a one in a hundred, man, if that's one in a thousand, that's too much for me. Man. That's rough. Yeah, 
That's too much for me. Um, yeah, so I, I'm over here trying to avoid it as long as I can. But yeah, just as you know, it's it's becoming harder and harder by the day. Yeah, and I'm and I'm pro whatever anybody feels too. I'm I don't I'm not on either end of the spectrum, or you know I hate to choose sides. There are people who would make them feel comfortable, who who would really help stay healthy, and others around them they want to protect. Go get vaccinated for sure. You know what I mean? But I'm I'm all pro choice. You do whatever you feel is best for you, and I'm gonna do what's best for me and my family. It may yeah. sound selfish in the American way, but in this situation, that's the way I'm rolling with it. Check yeah. this out. KK mandates everybody get vaccinated, though. Come on. Yeah, for real. What about that vaccination? Let's get back to the vaccination, man. Boom. boom. I'll get that injection any day. That's the fanatics <laughs> vaccination, right? That's right. <laughs> Those fanatics vaccination. Oh, yeah, my God. He's, he's yeah. going to get that first jab of that vaccination. Yeah, speak, <laughs> see, Donnie, speaking of fanatics, man, what's that situation? How do you want to set that up and, and uh, discuss it a bit? I mean, that's, that's that's quite a broad topic to jump into, man. Uh, with the licensing getting shut down, like we like we uh, you know first started uh, elaborating on. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, fanatics, man. I, I mean, like I was telling you fellas, I went to their um, social media pages on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had they had two different pages, and um, you, I don't know, man. They didn't. They didn't really seem like they held up to to tops or um, anything like panini, nothing like that. And uh, I mean that it just seems like uh, like they're you know they bought their way into the industry that they have never even been a part of. You know, like if it if it was panini taking over the the licensing for baseball, that would make sense. It would be unfortunate. You'd be like, oh damn, that's crazy. But it would make sense. Like that's an arena that they're already in. Fanatics, all I've ever seen is like fanatics slabs, uh, you know, cards that are uh, pumped up probably six times in actual value. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You know, like say like an Odell Beckham uh, Jr. autograph card with a fanatic slab for like five hundred bucks. <laughs> so, that's recently though. That's not that's not a year ago or a year and a half ago because Slabby was buying them for for dirt cheap. Yeah, what fanatic slabs? Yeah, not not because yeah. he knew there was going to be fanatics was going to take over because the cars, the autos he wanted were in them slabs were dirt cheap. Nice. I mean, I swear. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I swear that used to be like some um, QVC type of product. Like, it, was, I mean, the, their their packaging it, it was, but if you buy it secondhand, it, it, it's not. You know, what I'm saying off resale. He didn't yeah, buy it off QVC. I'm pretty yeah, sure when they were on QVC, it might have been <laughs> the price. It might have been up there because it comes in a the the slab comes in its own little suitcase, and the it's a perfect setup or whatever you call it. Yeah. Like the packaging is beautiful and, and everything. You know what I mean? The experience to open up and get your slab is amazing. You know what I that, mean? I mean um, yo, at, le- at least that's good to hear because uh, firsthand, I know that the prices for that kind of stuff is, I, I mean, like their MO is to charge way over retail price just for that almost novice collector that is trying to get their hands on something and that, you know, doesn't really want to search elsewhere to find it i'll just be a little sad not to see tops like you know 
making making baseball like you know that's just that's that tradition is a tough one to break they'll be making like goodwin champion or or you know allen and ginter type of stuff i'm sure of it i think i I don't know i think i think that's what i feel i don't know but i think nothing's going to change other than fanatics is honestly right now if you ask me and people call me crazy through my research this if you if you connect all the dots in the triangle of the hobby and do your research uh, across continents and countries and everything and, and all the connections tops and panini work together they print their cards at the same manufacturing company and disney mm-hmm. has ties to both of their top execs they work together fanatics mm-hmm. i feel is just gonna buy them the cards are still gonna say tops the same people that have been making tops are still gonna make tops fanaticsness is going to be able to put more money into the hobby. I believe they're going to start giving breakers contracts and deals. I believe they're going to start pumping more money into the hobby because of the people that come with fanatics. See, see, I, I'm a big fan of fanatics because of the people behind fanatics and what they do outside of business and what they do for human beings. And that right there is I'm probably going to ride with them right or wrong as long as they continue to make them steps on you know what I mean? That's just the type, the way I move. Uh, Michael yeah, Rubin, yeah. the CEO of Fanatics, is, is one of the main people, along with Robert Kraft and many others, who are part of the the prison reform for you know for, for making sure that the prison system is given adequate time for punishments and crimes, and not and not over uh, uh, sentencing people for small things and taking people away from their families they've been on that for years now and they've made like they've done a lot of things fanatics had a, a had actually had a nonprofit in a community initiative a few years ago which none of these card companies has had in decades you know mm-hmm. what i mean so the yeah. things that they have tried and that they've done just as people i believe and just uh uh i mean look at this too this 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 couldn't be by secret gary v works or has a partnership with tops or had one for years right gary v is also co-owner of candy digital along with michael rubin who is who the fanatic ceo so if you ask me gary v planned this whole thing out he's been Mm -hmm. essentially like a spook who sat by the door i'm gonna sit here and i'm gonna be smart Mm -hmm. i'm gonna study everything then i'm gonna take over i'm gonna put a team together who can do it better instead of telling y'all how to do it i'm gonna make it happen myself i think that's g that's what i think happened part of part of the tools that happened because gary v there's no when Gary V started going in on the hobby years ago, I said there's something bigger to it. He he he's gonna end up owning something. And now look, he owns Candy Digital. Candy Digital owns the rights to the NFTs for Major League Baseball. So all yeah. the NFTs, Candy Candy Digital owned that before Fanatics took over these licensing. You know what I mean? So it's no secret here. Now all of a sudden, the owner of Candy Digital who happens to work for tops and who happens and the other guy who happens to be the CEO of fanatics. Now fanatics buys the licensing like Gary V had to have some kind of influence on that. Him and Michael Rubin are buddies. Now we can take it back even more to CSG or CGC and how Jay-Z um, and, and some of his investors purchased CSG, that grading company for the collect in the collectible space. Right. As long as all their everything under that umbrella that came with it. Michael Rubin and Jay-Z are partners in that. Rubin already purchased. He has owns part of CSG. You know what I mean? Um, why, why is CSG still uh, not really known as a legitimate uh, slabbing company? Um, because I, I guess they haven't been out there. Probably aesthetics, the way it looks for some 
And I just think there's just they don't have a track record like that as far as grading sports cars. I don't feel in the collectible space. They dominate because they have so many other entities, NGC. I forgot all of their acronyms or whatnot, but they have a lot of them that do specific things, whether it's coins, collectibles, video games. A couple of them do cards. You know what I mean? But I feel Uh, there will be an emphasis on the cards and the collectible space now that more of the collectible space now that Jay-Z and his peoples are in it. But then also with Ruben in it and whoever else is in it, the cards in space or the slabs, there's going to be a push in that market too i believe so it has to all the names are together now the same monopolies that were in place before fanatic or yeah prior to this fanatics thing <laughs> they're still going to be in place just going to be more hands playing that, that that's the way i see it it's the same mm-hmm. exact thing back in the 18 what 1889 to 1911 it was william duke and company they were the monopoly they owned they they had bought eight or nine of the major tobacco companies and all those companies were the ones producing cards at the same time you know what i mean and it wasn't until 1911 or 1912 the tobacco act they had to break down from monopoly from a monopoly to a apologi i don't know how to pronounce it (laughs) but but when that happened it's pretty much the same thing as monopoly because they just i just say okay they make me get rid of the business i'm going to make four other businesses and let my sons own those businesses so it's essentially still a monopoly (laughs) it's the same (laughs) people still running it it's just not the same names running it uh business names so man y'all it's the thank you thank you for letting me ramble but that's great it's i mean it's, it's the same. I see history repeating itself. I'm looking at my timeline in my garage right now that I have my whiteboard and it's, it's identical to when top tops literally, I think fanatics said uh, years ago, they went to the NBA, they went to the NFL, they went to the MLB and they said, look, whenever y'all ready, we're here. We have however much money, if money's not a thing, whenever y'all ready, this is what we can offer. And just whenever you're ready, we here. And I think the MOB and all those other major sports companies sat down, looked at that white paper and, the, and those decks and and looked at the way the market was moving and how Fanatics is already in every stadium and arena and mall in America and yeah. felt that, hey, it goes hand in hand with cards. I felt like we can we can bring, you know, we can make we can make it blend more with entertainment. We can make it blend more with the people. It can just be more of a connection. And I feel Panini and Tops are not going to go anywhere. I think the cards are still going to say Prism. Panini is just going to be fanatic stickers maybe on it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah no, that's not a bad change. That makes sense, man. Almost just kind of like fanatics playing up top with a marionette, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's just an investment for them. They're like, oh, I want to pump my money into this because it can make more money. I, I, I think they playing a uh, hardball with Nat, too. I ain't going to lie. I think they <laughs> – <laughs> They I mean, Gary's been, they, pushing, they balls. <laughs> Gary's been pushing digital heavy. So um, he's setting up the whole arena for for a lot of digital collectibles. And, yeah. uh, yo, I mean, eventually that's going to just be the norm. I mean, as much as I may kind of like frown upon it, like the more it develops and the more it makes sense to get, you know, your or at least artwork or something into that realm it, it it's kind of like you know when are you going to play ball and i mean it's just it, it's going to come down to that and um uh you know i have to i have to consider what 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 you know where where that even lies for me eventually so right uh 
you know, the, the first, the first thought and the first idea of it, I was like, what does that mean? And now the more it develops, then it's like, okay, then you kind of see where things are going and you kind of, I mean, maybe I'd have to find a way to innovate my own way of doing it because I, otherwise I just wouldn't be, you know, happy about that. But, you know, if that's what we're going to see in the next few years, um, and, and we're going to watch the virtual world open up and get bigger and bigger. Um, I, I almost picture like virtual meet and greets with athletes through fanatics. That's, ex- that's exactly what it's going to be. That's exactly what some of these NFTs are packaged with. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So yeah. like, you know, you know, come up with them damn ideas yourself and apply it to my own art. Maybe that's, that's what's got to happen. And yeah, but I can't, I can't be the digital guy. I got, you know, I got to get someone on the other end to be like, can you do that? And then, you know, you, and then everybody, everybody uh, is happy. You know, that's what people have to see. Well, a lot of people who can see that is you, you're the value. KK, you're the value, mm-hmm. Donnie, especially in that digital space. We don't have to invest in anybody else's projects unless it's ourselves, each other. But we invest in ourselves in that space. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's the most exciting part about it is we get to branch out on what we do and add it to that space and continue to 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 grow in our space and other markets or areas that we cover right but just being able to expand and learn and even if we have to hire somebody or get the help and support that's fine there's nothing wrong with that that's how bosses move you know what i mean yeah so you know what uh just just off topic random stuff but uh you know what what, what would be a kind of a, a unique hire for uh, some of these major league ball clubs. I mean, I'll, I feel like oftentimes, uh, you know, people might want like a little daycare. I, I don't know if that's still a thing or not, but uh, imagine, imagine if, uh, you know, there was a, a card artist that would be just kind of making card art with kids during uh, major league baseball games if they were, you know, too young to enjoy the game or whatever you know kind of an off the wall idea <laughs> right i mean no, but baseball that's the type of stuff you do at baseball games because they're long and boring so you i have my kids bring their artwork their books all their stencils they're doing that while they're watching baseball games anyway <laughs> man um, also man take take a quick uh moment to recognize the passing of norm mcdonald man that was a tough one to lose huh hell yeah man uh that guy was a genius man I, I even when i was a kid like his jokes were so dry and to the point that i loved when he every time he just made fun of frank stallone or something you like that shit was like i laughed every time and he made some people around him so uncomfortable that it made it 10 times better to just to watch him do it Legend. and it was just so funny like yeah he's, he's a one of a kind man and yeah. he was a comics comic you know all the comics loved him too like uh it was a, that's a big loss at, at a young age like that you know yeah it's the it's it's super crazy to think uh he had cancer for nine years and nobody knew about it yeah anthony jeselnik said it's the most norm mcdonald thing norm mcdonald's ever done <laughs> was to keep keep that kind of information away from everybody yeah that's and that insane. dude that's that's it crazy for me that I worked uh, a weekend of his show in 2017, and he had a he, you know uh, there was a there was a rough experience for one of those nights where he uh, you know 
needless to say, he, he didn't do too well. And there was a bunch of people that walked out. And it was a bummer, you know, being that everyone sees, uh, you know, they, they look at him with such high regard. So, you know, if, if he, he gets up there and he's kind of mumbling and, you know, people kind of get off put. Um, but it's, it's, it's super sad to think back, uh, you know, this, the type of stuff that he was dealing with uh, on the side with no one really under, understanding how deep it was. Yeah, no, definitely, man. I mean, walking out of a show because you don't like the comic is 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 not that uncommon, right, Donnie? I mean, like people walked out on Bill Hicks. Listen, it was nuts. The, it was by the hundreds, and it was very uncommon. Uh yeah, yeah. It was it, 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 it was a moment, dude. Was it, 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 it was it was the gnarliest experience I've ever had there, man. I've been working there for like. Almost five years, you know. Um, it's, it's weird Every, because you know, everybody, what, what, the whole place went silent. Well, I mean, not to, not to dig too deep into it, but like he, he on some some benzos, man, and he, nice. well, man, I really shouldn't even be speaking on it, but um, he, you know, he, he got to the point where he he would like repeat the same joke twice in a row, and you know, for he like he legit forgot that he just did it. Um, gotcha. and so, and then it'd be a bunch of more stuff like that. And you, you just kind of not really understand what he was saying sometimes. And it was more, um, it, it was, it was like, it, people were like disappointed and like, it, it, like it hurt to see him like that. So people just kind of dipped out. It was um, just a sad night, right? Yeah. It, it was a sad night for comedy. And, and <laughs> lucky for me, I worked the entire weekend and the Thursday and Friday night uh, shows were great. Like <laughs> they went off without a hitch, but Saturday came around and unfortunately it wasn't the same story, but um, lucky enough for me, I was able to, uh, and this, this kind of goes into, uh, it ties into my story of getting collectibles signed uh, at the comedy club. Um, I get, uh, an eight by ten at I I mean it must have been at like Walgreens or Office Depot or something like that. Super super you know gritty gritty quality, uh, rainy and I got a, a picture of him as Burt Reynolds. Uh, <laughs> Jeopardy, <laughs> Jeopardy, Third Ferguson, and I was able to get him to sign it after after the Thursday night show, and uh, man, to this day, it's it's probably. I mean, it, it's it's. I've seen maybe like a hundred different Norm Macdonald autographs since then, and none of them have even looked close to as cool as the one that I got. So mm. super privileged to have that, and then uh, as my time kind of progressed at the comedy club. I started getting, uh, you know, different tactics. <laughs> I started uh, finding out that there were comedian cards inside the Allen and Ginter set. Yeah. Um, with like Burt Kreischer at the time, Ari Shafir, um, the Sklar brothers, uh, Artie Lang. There, there was a handful. And so that's when I started gearing down towards cards. And then when a comedian would come in town, that was, uh, you know, a, a fairly big name and something that I was a, a big fan of. 
instead of instead of wanting like some random grainy ass <laughs> like eight by ten. I, you know, just kind of thought to uh, commission actual cards to be made. Uh, and that's kind of what started that. And now I have probably, I don't know, upwards of like 10 cards that the world wouldn't have ever seen if I didn't think to, uh, you know, uh, commission the right artist to, to have them made and right. get them signed. So I, I, I in one sense, uh, you know, I, I couldn't go back in time and make a card of Norm and have him sign it because that would just be the ultimate. <laughs> that would be like the coolest card to have in my collection. But um, yeah, it's definitely part of, uh, you know, my story of how I started getting, uh, you know, specifically getting cards signed at the comedy club. So RIP Norm McDonald. <laughs> Absolutely, right? Absolutely. Yeah, the goat, man. Oh, God. <laughs> with that, that well gentlemen man uh we're we, you know we're probably about 50 minutes in you guys want to start uh get started on some questions let's do it sure i can hand you out my question uh we've been talking about the future obviously of cards so um what i look at cards today is 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 a lot of people using them as uh status symbols in in uh, in pop culture even and it's crossing over into pop culture and it's obviously a big part of the hobby that people show these cards off that they're paying six figure prices seven figure prices <laughs> for like ridiculous amount of money just so that they could show off that they have it and that they mm -hmm. did it. Mm -hmm. um so my question would be that since we're we're watching these cards becoming status symbols for either the wealthy or the entrepreneurs or even longtime investors who have been doing it for a long time, like what do you think the impact on the hobby is short like short term, long term, uh, either or? Anybody? Well, I think uh, I think it it depends on if the people are influential in their own right. I mean, if you're just a, if you're just some rich asshole that has no following, no one has will ever see your collection, and you just buy some, you know, some LeBron James uh, refractor rookies and and stock up on them. Um, I think that you know that would kind of affect the 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 hobby or at least the value and making it harder to obviously come by the cards. Um, but if you, if you have someone influential doing the same thing, I feel like that, you know, drives up the value tenfold because especially like a Gary V type, because it kind of gets the card on the front line and, you know, rather than just being some, some random card that you throw into the vault it becomes like, you know, the top of your marketing plan. <laughs> sure. Sure. I mean, obviously you, even if you uh, invested in your own company, you would want to pump it up in, in some way or another. Right. Right. I and mean, that's part of the job. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. I think, I think to start, I don't know how far we are into the process, but when, when, when people start spending all these, all the money on cards and, essentially that drives up the value. And for those collectors who aren't necessarily in it for that, some of the things they collect or a lot of the things they collect become out of reach. Right. So I think initially it, it, it may not be 
um, it may not look like or feel like it's positive to the hobby. A lot of people may feel as if the hobby is moving in another direction. But then I also feel as if that's where new things are created and innovation. And that's where change actually comes. And that gives more opportunity for people to add value. And that's why you see more grading companies now. And I believe we're going to start, even when Fanatics takes over, we're going to start seeing more card companies. Uh, somebody's mm -hmm. going to have to make cards at a price point people can afford, whether they're licensed or not. Um, it might be Fanatics. Fanatics might come in and keep everything the same with Tops and Panini. But the, but now that they have licensing, they may make a product that's just super lower. Really reliving the junk wax era again because we have any and everything, right? So yeah. I, I think it does hurt us and hurt the hobby to start. But once we once we speak on it and we identify our feelings and heal our wounds, we start thinking about how we can make change and create change and still still be happy within the hobby because we love it. We're not going anywhere. There's always been change. People haven't just left when things change. So, yeah, I think for the future, it's going to be good. More people are always going to come in. And there'll be some people who may come in for just the money, but they may find something else that they truly love in the hobby. So that will keep them here. You know what I mean? Which, yeah. I, which I feel like is happening for some people who are coming in just for, for the money. Not all, but some people. But KK, I feel you. There's so many people who are just buying these cards just to flex, bruh. Right. Just to say I have it, just to be in that upper echelon, just to be able to be posted or talked about by these people to have their cards sold here. There's a lot of people, though, a lot of those collectors who actually love and enjoy the hobby, too. So give them props and shout outs. But in today's social media days, we're definitely seeing a lot more of the uh, of of the people who are just in it for the money <laughs> I, I i tried to flex a, about a month ago try to get a card you know i dropped um i made a bid of like 4500 which i don't even freaking have it's like <laughs> i'm like i gotta make moves to actually put that together and the card ended up going for 15 uh and a half 15k so i was like oh i wasn't even close to this thing i was like i don't know what the fuck <laughs> so <laughs> It didn't work. But, uh, however, I did find an alternative recently for the, for that kind of card, and I'll be I'll be I'll be getting that card this week, and I'll be showing you guys that. Yo, speak on it, dude. Speak on that pickup. On the pickup. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. So, my favorite card and my number one card is the '89 Tiffany. I have the '89 Bowman Griffey Tiffany. Right. Okay. I always talk about it because I, I actually had it in a PSA ten once. I sold it. Um. And then I regretted selling it, obviously. But I was like, I got to find a way to get it back. So I got me a really sweet, sharp BGS 9.5 um, that would probably cross over, considering I've seen way off-centered um, PSA 10s worse than mine. So, um, And it's off-centered all in the right place. It's 50-50 side by side, but it's, it's like just a smidge bottom heavy. But it actually matches the sides in a way because it's such a weird like size card but um i've always wanted to get like i i've always like collecting parallels and stuff like that um now it's obviously out of control but back in 89 you don't really have many parallels right you just got you got the base that you get out of the pack you got the tiffany and then you got his father who has a card with 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 his son on on you know on the card too so it's kind of like one of those 
I would call it like the like an original like OG companion card for that for that um that 89 Bowman. So like then you have that Tiffany. So then you got that's four different versions that you can get in 89. But you know, when they start making reprints, you know, they're worth a lot less, but they still kind of like, you know, they're licensed reprints and you know, they may have their own value. So um in 2015 they made um a card uh, that was a part of a set called the super fractors that never were. And, uh, they made basically a super, an auto one of one super factor, version of the 89 Bowman Tiffany. So I bid as much as I possibly could for that card, but that card went crazy, 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 uh, um, you know, in the last minute. So I, I wasn't able to get my hand on it, but it kind of like represents what that card would be if there was a one of one. Right. So like, Part of me is like, yeah, it wasn't made in 89, but who the hell cares because it's the only one of its kind. Um, but I recently found another one of one, which I uh, I made a deal with uh, some dude uh, who who lives somewhere in the country. His name is Brett. And uh, he, gave, he got me um, the one of one product hit for Keith Shore's 89 um, Bowman set that he recently did. Uh, and he, he came out, just put out this straight up 89 Bowman and people, you know, bought that up, but, uh, he had, he, he just happened to put like on the online that he had the one of one Griffey and it was a gold foil version. I'm not sure if it's vinyl. I doubt it. I think it's just a gold foil, but it's not it a, is the uh, one of, what? It's not a super fractor. No, it's it's like a gold foil, but it's they didn't they didn't make the super fractor for that set. They just made gold foil one of ones. That's was that's what the one of ones were. That makes but sense. still yeah. in eighty nine in eighty nine Bowman, that's that's that card's the hit. So so basically, I got like the product hit, um, the product card, uh, the product chase, if you will. Yeah. And uh, now I get at least to put that right next to it, you know, and have that as as my companion card and. That's a very that one of one very, is pretty nice. That's a very valid point you made because I I remember when you showed me when you when you first got it I never even really put two and two together that that may be uh, one of the most influential cards of that entire set that he did and he did a pretty elaborate set with like Shohei Otani Mike Trout uh, all you know probably Acuna right. uh, I mean, all the guys. But Griffey is based on the Griffey that came, actually came out in 89. You know, he I mean, he did other iconic players, which makes sense. Uh, um, this is however, 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 I know that he did make uh, autograph parallels. He's super sick to have yours with the autograph on it. Yeah, maybe that remains to be seen. I'm not sure if I'm going to get a one-on-one -on -one autograph, but... Um, <laughs> I'm just, I mean, for the price I paid time. for it, you know, it was legit. You know, if, you, was, if you got the opportunity to get that signed, would you get that signed? I don't know, man. What if I had the opportunity to cut that shit up? <laughs> well, you do have that opportunity, sir. I do, but um, I, I don't know. There's certain cards that, you know, when they're when they're just right, there's no reason for me to touch them. Maybe that's one of them. If you, uh, if you didn't sign that card, it might lose value. If he, if he signs it? Yeah. It's possible. It's definitely possible. Um, in a weird way, in a set collector way. But it's cool because it also ties this, you know, the artist Keith Shore is tied to the card too. So it kind of like adds an extra little thing on top of all of, um, you know, on, on top of all of that history that you can connect it to. It's connected to uh, 
basically what Tops is doing with, uh, you know, 2020 and Project 70. So, like, yeah. in, a, in a sense there, you know, there's a lot of connections with, you know, all the right fields for me. So that's my, my acquisition last week, and uh, it's probably coming in the mail tomorrow. I would expect it tomorrow. You're going to post it? Yeah, I'm going to post it next to the other one, too. I'm going to be like, I got my, my real companion right there. The uh, true one. Do you, have the, uh, do you have, like, the actual card of that as well? I don't have, like, the base card, no. Maybe I should go f- uh, find a bunch of them and maybe even see if there's the autos. At this point. What? I said at this point, why not? Yeah, right. I mean, I might as well expand on the uh, expand on the rainbow now that I that I started it. Yeah, so. in fact, um, the only card that I have from that set was from uh, Blake Jameson's trade night from that like that that little uh, grab bag that they had, and okay. I think I have uh, Shohei Otani. It's kind of a pretty pretty cool card. Yeah, no, the, those definitely cool, and especially since Griffey. Uh, kind of broke the broke the mold for for the for the amount that was printed for the 2020 version that you know like just almost eclipsing a hundred thousand copies oh and shit they, they, yeah mm. they, they were they were saying that you know keith shore is either the the card that that destroyed the project or made the project you know it's up you know everybody's opinion because like they over well they didn't overproduce it it was they produced it based on how many orders they got but you know it, it kind of like it kind of took the wind out of the sails of uh you know of, of the other cards going up so you know but that that's gonna happen somewhere and I'm, I'm glad it happened with griffey at least you know and and that card but there's a whole story behind that that you know we don't have time right now to get into that's but deep, it was a, it was a it was a good pickup, you know, and I'm I'm happy I got a, another Griffey one of one. I don't I don't think I actually have a, a uh, except for card art. I don't have much uh, as far as one of ones go right now. So, well, I'm you happy to you, get talked, it. you 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 talked a little bit about your uh, the the Desert Shield, right? Yeah, um, no, yeah, I have I have a couple of Griffey Mint Nine Desert Shields. Um, but what you, know, you the, didn't mention, what you didn't mention is that was part of what you gave up for that card, right? Oh yeah, no, I I didn't. I kind of like I kind of went into like paying exactly how much he was uh, offering to sell it for, uh, based on the comps of that Desert Shield, and and made up the difference. Um, because I, I don't know, as a, as a buyer, when someone says you know or best offer or something like that, I just want to make him like. I want to make the buyer happy. So I'm just like, I'll give you that, that number because I want that card. Right. And, uh, you know, then he was like, okay, let's do it. Like, and we made the transaction quick. I shipped it. He shipped it. And I was like, oh, I'm glad that we can make a deal like as normal people. And he was laughing. He's like, yeah, sometimes it's hard. I was like, yeah, I was like, I'd rather you be happy and then me be happy because, the, you know, let's say we make another deal down the road. That we don't have to go, oh, not this guy, you know. Okay, speaking of that, man, how how certified, how validated is that card, man? Is there more than just a simple one of one on it? There, well, in the back, it's it's basically the, it looks like the same as as the product as the base card, but in the front, it's a gold foil and it has the one of one in the corner. Man, I like I, I don't think he's counterfeiting it. <laughs> it doesn't All make I sense. Have to say is, dude, how you know how uh, detailed JJ Vinci made that 
uh, gold uh, Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card that I have. I mean, dude, I could only imagine how easy it would be for some of these cats to to, to recreate that. I, I don't want to like put that kind of vibe in your head, but no, this this guy was legit. I mean, he's like, I'll give you vouchers. I'm a big guy, uh, you know. Like, I do a lot of deals in the hobby. Um, he Facebook friended me, and like, I see his profile, and he, you know, he's him with his family and shit. It's like, did I don't think that dude would get himself in trouble did, like that. Did he pull that card himself? You know, I don't know. That would be that'd be interesting, man, because I do feel like there would be some type of certification that would come with that. Uh, well, I mean, if he pulled it, then it what? How would there be any cert, like a certificate with it? Would it come with it? No. Maybe some some type of little certification. Or, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I got all that guy's info and everything. Like he he's he's been solid ever since uh, we made the deal. So I'm not too worried about it now. I mean, it looks cool. It looks right. No, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll send you pictures when it comes in tomorrow. And uh, I'll hold my breath until then. So we'll, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, um, I guess we were. Uh, um, you had answered my question. I didn't really answer it myself. Um, but my, the answer to my own question would just be very similar to what um, what Pete said. Uh, maybe with the fact that I would say that even in the short term, um, there's a couple of probably aspects of it that are positive. Mm-hmm. That like you know bringing bringing that type of attention into pop culture yeah. is a good first step in that way. So like, I understand that like it kind of shuts, kind of pushes people out, but in the long term, like I think it could only benefit because then you're right. New innovation, new products, lower price points. They're going to make lower price points on purpose for everything. Um, and you, you know, you got to, you're going to strive for the bigger cards, but why not, you know, preview it now. And then as cards get more and more pricey on the top end you know and it's you're starting to compete with fine art works that are in museums that have the value of that you know like granted like the fine art world um you know you you, there's a painting sold for half a billion dollars by leonardo da vinci that's that's one thing to be said because there's 500 years of history but you estimate you know mantle's 52 at a gem in 10 at 20 million at the moment. And that's going to go up too. Right. You just have to have the 20 million and, and convince the person to sell it. Um, but I, I, I see it moving in that way. So it's like, you know, where you take those big iconic cards and anybody in the industry, you could afford it now. I'd say, get it now, get it right now. And um, you know, it would have been better if you gotten it three years ago, but that's just the way it is. And um and the, the the blowing up of it right now, and everybody showing it off, I think I think ultimately would is is a positive impact, uh, you know. And that's that's why I, I mean, see. I, I would say both positive. I I dig that. Like we're in in a way, man. I mean, I'm I'm kind of whatever an influencer in that realm of just kind of being able to make the hobby cool again, man. I mean, Pete, I feel like Pete has probably played the, the biggest role of that uh, out of all of us, man, of just kind of normalizing the hobby and making it so it's not just for that, you know, that fat nerdy dude uh, that, uh, you know, just is that quintessential 
uh, card collector. So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you guys of it only kind of making it more of, uh, you know, an influencer type of thing to do to where it just kind of makes it cooler for everybody to hop on board. So, yeah, I dig that, man. Um, y'all ready for my question? I'm ready for your question, but quick flowers, quick shout out to you, John, uh, Donnie, because um, I'm beginning to see now as more long, longer that I'm in this new hobby space, especially in the social media space, like how huge your platform is and how how much it t- integrity it takes to to keep your platform the way it is and for the direct the direction it's going and i just want to tip my hat to you donnie because you your platform isn't just your platform it's the card art it's the hobby platform and the positivity and what you choose to show and the people you choose to share on the various platforms that y'all 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 share too but that just came to me right now so i wanted to make sure i told it to you I, i wasn't thinking that before but as you were speaking donnie about about what you were speaking about that that came to my mind so i wanted to give you your flowers on that bro yeah i appreciate that dude. i appreciate that uh as kk knows uh recently uh th- there was definitely a little someone sipping on some haterade recently that uh made a statement uh saying that i was not good for the card art community <laughs> um someone that had maybe uh 200 followers and just the correct information um, but yeah, that I mean, happened. Let, let it slide. You know that. Yeah, of, of course, that was like a little hurtful to hear. Even even knowing there was zero legitimacy <laughs> to it, um, nobody's trying to hear that, man. But uh, I appreciate uh, the real news coming from a real player, and uh, you know, cause real real recognized real. And you're right, man. Uh, with with the type of uh, real followers that I have. Um, if you're not running a, 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 an integrity-filled camp, uh, you're not going anywhere, man. You're gonna you're gonna get stopped in your tracks because every comment's gonna be some hateful shit. Uh, right. you, you know, if, if you mess up, if you uh, go sour on a deal, if you you know don't do something that you say you were gonna do, if you uh, sell somebody a card and, and don't send it to them, you know that'll get you shut down quick. And uh, unfortunately, man, like probably most of these kids, they probably go through something like that where they have to restart their account because they fucked up somewhere down the line. Yeah. But um, yeah, I made I made the decision from square one that, uh, you know, there was going to be no uh, dilly dallies on this page, man. I, I uh, I'm, not, I'm not with the with the BS. And uh, it's, it's very cool that um, over time that's able to, to shine through. I mean, I have a, I have a box where I keep all of my notes of uh, if people send me something, uh, whether it's a gift that they sent me or a trade that we made and they wrote a handwritten note. I mean, I must have over a thousand. I mean, I don't know about a thousand, man, but I probably have like, you know, a couple, three, 400 notes uh, that I've kept over the time, over the last two and a half, uh, you know, nearing three years. And uh, that's, that's you know, that's real uh, connections made. If someone's taking the time to handwrite some stuff, I'm going to take the time to keep it. And, uh, I mean, that, that stuff, uh, call me old-fashioned, man, that stuff means a lot to me, man. Like, that's that's almost as, as, as cool as my collective, you know. That's, that, that's what validates me, you know. If, if you're not, if you're 
running a smooth uh, program, uh, that doesn't exist. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, those, those handwritten letters, man, the ones that are given to me are, are part of my gallery. When I make, when I have a gallery, that that's being, that's going up, you know? Like, just the history, that'll show the history and, and you know, part of what the community is is communicating with you is 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 not you know the art is not only the pieces I make it's what I get back you know mm-hmm. so yeah Donnie's right man it's 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 uh it's amazing Donnie I'm I'm like shocked that like thirty thousand of your followers are not bots is that what you're telling me <laughs> <laughs> from what from what I understand man I'm I'm rocking less than uh less than point zero zero one percent bots <laughs> oh gotcha. <laughs> All right. What do we so, have for another question? Yeah, yeah, sure, man. Uh, uh, again, thank you for that, Pete. I appreciate that, bro. Yes, sir. Uh, and, and it's funny, man. Um, I chose to. I chose to for for my secret of savage shout out. I chose to to you know be um, courteous and, and and not go this route. But um, there was a big part of me that just wanted to shout you out, man. So I'm gonna throw that out there. So. Much love, Pete. Love right back at you, man. Appreciate you. And I oh, appreciate yeah. your your uh, your reel that you um you just put out, Pete, too, of uh of the of the national uh card. Oh appreciate yeah, yeah. We're gonna, we gonna keep that going, man. You know, I, I find <laughs> when Javi came through, when Rip came through um to pick some stuff up and he signed that jersey for Donnie, mm-hmm. I gave him the card and all the card art and everything because I'd been holding this since national. So we call those our trophies. So the trophies are in his mantle now. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> I'm glad they're in the right spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah I got to hold him for a few months. So I was like, all right, let me let me share with the team. <laughs> so he has Donnie B and Card Killer uh, a piece on his mantle right now. Sweet. Man, real stuff right there. Hell yeah. Well, right on, man. Um, I'll slide right into this question. Uh, so say, you know, say... Uh, you get a phone call or an email DM from Tops or Fanatics at this point, and uh, they hit you up specifically to put together a set, a set that represents you as uh, as a collector, as an artist, all that kind of stuff. Um, maybe even if I could compare it to um, like like that set that St- uh, Steve Aoki did. I can't really, I can't really speak on it too much because I, I didn't see too much about it. But I think, uh, from what I understand, he just kind of selected, you know, players that he liked and yada yada. But um, yeah, say so. There, you know, if you're putting together a set and they're they're kind of giving you full, uh, you know, full bankroll and full direction, um, but you got to give them the the smoothest plan. What would your set look like like what how would it be different from other sets and uh yeah i mean you could choose uh, sports players that that represent you um actors celebrities uh you know track runners whatever so boom 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 (laughs) if it was Uh, me i would if it was a set about me, I don't know how many people I would choose to be in the set, but it would definitely be it would definitely be cards of students or groups of students and either their stories 
or one of their stories, share some of their stories and stats, whatever that means to them. Yeah, no, it, I, I, I can see that happening, especially with, yeah. um, you know, team sets and like schools across the country getting yeah. kids back yeah, into but it. There, but but there, I feel like there's a way that you could uh, keep integrity and put together that set. You could choose influential students that happen to get, you know, uh, go from rags to riches and become this, you know, uh, become LeBron James, uh, you know, like, like a student card set of uh, athletes that came from a rough background uh, and then turn their turn their situation around, something like that. Yeah, but that's not relatable to the masses, though. Mm. that's still that's still geared toward you know what i'm saying that's still that's a that's a storybook story that doesn't happen for all of us that but it doesn't happen i would want i would want more that's what i said i wouldn't do the project because that's what they would want you know what i mean and we've turned down deals plenty of times because it's just not our direction and we'd rather find somebody else to do it that's when people even when people approach us to break like no nah, i gotta go holler at naka we don't break but um, yeah, it have to be about the kids. It wouldn't sell. You're right, Donnie. It only sell within this household. It wouldn't be marketable. But that's 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 those about cards would be. <laughs> well, hey, uh, let me let me resend that. Let me let me resend that. Then make it make it as you would. Keep, you know. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I had a totally different idea. Uh, I'm gonna go back to when I was a kid. I had this idea when I was I was young. And this is a bit of a gem. I've never really told anybody about like this idea. It was almost as if I was going to be like apply to tops and then be like, well, what do you got? And I'd be like, well, this is what I got. Um, <laughs> so what I would do is that I would take the company's flagship um, product. Okay. And basically once a year, I would put one card in there. That's a one of one. Or it could you could have actually you know a base and then and then some parallels obviously if you wanted to mass produce it but the one of one would would be my ideal way of presenting one card in that product of one player and have that card be called their career card so it's not a rookie card it's not a veteran card it's just their career card. Ooh. that represents their entire career and obviously you can do it with retired plays you can do it with people in hall of fame but every year you only get to interject one player in in it so you can keep this going every single year and either you keep the design exactly the same so that people who are after it can maybe kind of go after it to put them together or maybe you slightly change it year to year, but I don't like that idea. I kind of like it consistent. So you decide on one design and you keep that card in one product once a year. And that's the, that's the one player's career card. What, to create the ultimate chase card or what? Yeah, just basically a, a chase card that will rival any, any player's rookie no matter how good they are, obviously, you know, they get, they should be a good player. Like, like next year, why not put in like Joe DiMaggio's and then next, the, the next year you put in like Mike Trout. Cause, cause I, I mean, I mean, yeah, I feel like that would be, yeah. I mean, you could probably have 20 years of, um, you know, throwing credible players, you know, like Babe Ruth and uh, Nolan Ryan. But once you start digging into like, the, the Carlton Fisk 
and the the Pete Rose. Um, yeah, no, I mean, but you got plenty of years to work with, with with players. I mean, come on. You're not gonna you're not gonna put a rookie obviously into it, but you you can put in a 10, 15 year veteran, and say yo, we know he's gonna be in the Hall of Fame. This we can make his career card now because he's hot. And oh, uh, it would be interesting to see a career card of a player that is still currently playing. Yeah, I mean mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that you have to have all their stats on the back because that would actually get a little busy on the back what you would have you would have like basically a statement that basically describes his career and how it went or how it's going to that moment and you know what they have maybe for the future if not if if he's already not in the hall of fame and uh just take it from there but just have the card like be this really like definitive version of this player's career and i think that you know that would establish a value in itself as being more valuable than a than um than a veteran card and even rival a, a rookie card, you know. Yeah, you know what? Uh, you know what I like about that. Concept? I mean, even as I mean, I have not been collecting for thirty years. Really, I, I consider myself to be uh, a real hard collector for like for like three or four years. You know, um, yeah. there's there's much that I don't know. I just I just know a lot about some of the stuff that I like a lot. Um, but I think it I mean I think it would be cool to have like a Willy Wonka golden ticket type of thing to where every year uh, when the product comes out there's a definitive case card rather than just the one of one super factor of the hottest rookie that year. You know, like it yeah. would be cool to have that uh, you know, to, to market something into it like that, almost like with, with, with Pokemon uh, introducing Charizard to the world. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, you probably have to make more than one copy, but there definitely should be one that stands out over the others. And then, and then this way, if you wanted to collect, you know, the career cards of everybody, but you kind of want to collect the one that they only made 25 of, then then maybe that's reachable because getting a one of one, what if it's never even pulled? That's that's possible, especially with Pete on, on the prowl, you know, <laughs> hard and wax. <laughs> that's some real talk, man. Oh my goodness. I could not even, I could not even imagine some of the, some of the historic uh, cars that you might be sitting on in those boxes, Pete. There's exactly nothing right. inside any of them. <laughs> <laughs> They're oh. all empty. <laughs> um, he he doesn't want to even think about it, man. Come on. Every time I have, every few years or every few months, I'll I'll pick one out the stash and open and I, and well, I may hit something that if I would have opened it when I bought it, I would have been good. But now that it's eight, ten years later, <laughs> not so yeah. much. Exactly. Exactly. Well, yeah. There you go. There's my answer. Right on. Uh, cool, man. I guess I guess it's my it's, uh, it's my turn to answer. Um, well, man, as I think both of you guys know, um, before the pandemic kind of uh, did its thing, I was uh, making an effort to create a um, a, a stand up comedy uh, card set, 
And uh, also, I actually was trying to create this set and retail it. Um, so to answer this question, I probably would want to do that, man. I would want to uh, intertwine uh, comedians with um, trading cards and, um, yeah, and, and just be able to choose uh, my, say, top, 20 uh comedians comedians that are comics comics you know uh even i mean even like if i could have for that set you know it would have been monumental um all right but mm, i like that Danny. what's up i said i like that uh thank you man. yeah and and i had i'd already been um collaborating with some real talented artists that were uh, like hand drawing some of these incredible images. And I was trying to be able to market a, a pack. Basically each pack would come with, you know, all 10 or 12 cards that were in the set. And um, each pack would have one card that would be autographed that you wouldn't know which one would be autographed. But each, you know, each 12 of them will all be, you know, top notch. Uh, uh, basically, you know, there's no card that someone would pull that they would be upset with if they actually knew about comedy. And, yeah. um, you know, to be able to like retail them in comedy clubs as well as, uh, you know, the booming uh, sports card world and, and, you know, get them in local stores and stuff. I, I, I truly think that would have been a major hit. I, uh, from what I heard, man, uh, I, I wouldn't, I can't say my idea has been stolen, but it sounds like uh, comedians are getting hip to the hop. And, you know, some of them are going to unveiling. Uh, I, I don't know if someone's putting together literally my dream set of what I was doing. I wouldn't be surprised if someone literally stole that idea. Um, you know yeah, I bet that is happening, like you said, because yeah. from what Panini says about their their non real patches and not being able to get the jerseys, more players and more teams are holding on to that stuff now. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, and if you go if you listen to Joe Rogan's podcast, they they they're talking about sports cards more than once. From what I know, they've been talking about it and they've been showing him stuff and and telling him the the, the rise of it and the value of it. So, so listen, one with the resource. Yeah, I, it's man, it's it's it, this is a weird one where, you know, if people didn't know the context, they would just think I'm, I'm, I'm a quack. But in all reality, um, there was not a market for this stuff before I started posting it and before I started getting mm. a card signed. And when I got Bert Kreischer to sign like three or four cards, I mean, at that point, you probably could have still found pack pulled Bert Kreischer autographs on eBay for between twenty and thirty bucks. Now there's in-person autographs of Bert Kreischer posted for four hundred bucks that are slabbed uh, by BGS. Right. I mean, not not everybody in the world knows who Bert Kreischer is, but millions of people do, and he's the probably one of the funniest, most sincere dudes in the game. So 
if anyone understands why people would kill to have this type of shit, it would be me. And it, it, it's it's it sucks because I already have let go a lot of the uh, those type of cards that um, I always seen value in, but um, you know now they're encroaching value that I could have never even imagined, man. Um, and I heard I heard people like Burt Kreischer buying up his own cards, making it harder and harder to get that stuff. Like his mm-hmm. base cards now are going for like 10, 15 bucks. When, you know, when I was buying them to get them signed, like you could get them for like 30 cents, man. Yeah. So, yeah, no joke. Yeah. I mean, non sport cards are taking it too. That's, you know, when you, when you run out of room, you try to figure out what, what's the next angle, you know, and non sports cards is a good one. Look at Yamwax and what he's done with recognizing uh like hip-hop artists rookie cards yeah you know he's kind of bringing that to light yo shout out yamwax man real talk uh that dude uh me and him did a live i don't know if you caught that uh either of you guys caught that but um we did a live where he ended up opening up a pack of like argentinian wax that had like some pop culture cards in it and the chase card from that whole set was like a, a Kurt Cobain uh, rookie card, like his, the first card ever made of him. And uh, dude, he only had one pack, dude. And we opened it up on live and he pulled that Kurt Cobain card that like people would kill to have that card, man. Like yeah, a nice. 1984 card only sold in Argentina. Like that dude, to even get his hands on it, to even have the wherewithal about that pack yam wax is such a savage man right man yam is a goat <laughs> you know that dude is i mean he's he, he's just next level uh with it and really you know just like us man taking this culture to to new levels man so real real big shout out to yam mm, absolutely absolutely yeah man, it's a good set of questions baby yeah no doubt so yeah that's that's what i would do man just kind of uh, you know, kind of be in charge of putting together a cool uh, comedian uh, card set to market. Um, I think that would be uh, pretty fitting of uh, the transfusion of my two uh, kind of uh, not hobbies or, or kind of hobbies, man, just my two lifestyles. Yeah, that sounds good, man. I like it. I like it. Yeah. All right, Pete, you're up, bro. Well, we kind of don't know if we've answered my question. Already. My question was, uh, you, we're, Fanatics takes over. You're, you're in charge of making decisions or implementing new strategies and new things. What's one of the first things that you are going to change or bring in on your yeah. first day, first week, first run at it? All right. I, I got this really really very specific idea for something like that like mm-hmm. when you say they're worth when they they had their estimated worth of 10 billion dollars i was like okay so how do you get a piece of that now the way you get a piece of that is you buy stock right so what if stock became a chase product Ooh. and and then like uh made a, blo- a blockchain of stock <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, oh my like, yeah, put your money where your mouth is, man. Just like either do it through like a system of gathering points and then buying stock with it 
or or getting or Ooh, pulling hey. pulling stock come Ooh, on listen to this listen to this so, imagine um, having digital packs and in those packs is stock yeah stock. like if that's possible yeah so it is it, it, it's possible so kk it's crazy you say rps what we're doing you know something that we've had in our notebook for over a year now and that we're actually going to be doing within the next couple months making socks yeah. dude i shout out to rps sock rps footwear so pretty soon, when you when you order RPS merch, um, and one out of every four packs, not only will you have a chance of getting uh, random packs of cards, you know what I mean, or cards or whatever, you will also have a chance at getting stake in some, our music. So Let's we're going to start handing out royalties in our music. Let's go! For our songs that are on iTunes and all that, it's not like we're not making millions of dollars. We're not even making tens, ten dollars a month with the music. But, but, but still. who knows? Down the future, down the line, who knows? So there will be pieces of paper where people can claim their stake, their royalty in RPS songs moving forward. Okay, okay. What's going to happen is that people who believe in you will do it. So I mean, like you have me, your whole audience. I'm gonna be buying socks from your website, bro. <laughs> I'll be wearing socks with my head. <laughs> As I'll give me a purple pair. I'll wear it on my head. We'll get the purple pairs printed up next one. Those hoodies are way too fly for me not to be. We got them. We got everything on deck. You know, we'll talk. We'll talk about the merch for y'all offline. Man. No doubt. But uh, yeah. I see the connection between what you said and 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 my answer there. So like, yeah, yeah, because that that gets you to basically invest in something and then watch it grow. And obviously, you know, it's like it perpetuates just as long as you believe in it and then it grows. So it's like it, it just makes sense to me that like they, they would and it doesn't have to be a big percentage. Obviously, it's not a big thing. It's just like, you know. You know, what if like a 13 year old kid gets a piece of your company? You know, he's going to be thrilled. He's going to be a he's going to be a customer for life. Well, right. even, a, even a piece. And then, then you go back and listen to it day after day. That's his song, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. I mean, I heard my, my I heard my my name in a couple of tracks. So I'm I'm good, too. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm in the lore, man. I'm in the history. Oh, yeah, y'all give a shout out every other track damn near nowadays. (laughs) Got to love that, dude. Y'all are really running the circuit, man. And and when it it starts coming to having uh, TV shows, whether it's even on cable TV or Netflix, I mean, I I swear there's got to be a place for Netflix, uh, you know, for trading cards. I mean... If, I think about it, if there was any show about any, any trading cars on Netflix, we would all be watching, whether oh, it was yeah. good, bad, uh, yeah. happy, or sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we'd be watching the hell out of it. Um, even uh, when when that one movie was on, man, that we uh, used to talk about, um, what, what was it called? All Things? Uh, or... You're getting a lot of echo there, Donnie. Yeah, well... <laughs> it's happening, yeah. man. We almost there. The day is coming. You mean it's Jack of all happen. trades? Jack of all trades, yeah. Right. Well, um, yeah. We we've been thinking of uh, something similar, right? Hint, hint. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got to get on that. More uh, chatter with UP about the uh, TV show that's directed uh, towards the hobby. 
about the one specifically that we are uh, supposed to be attached to? Correct. Uh, no, it was last time we spoke to those those kind folks with the production company, it was a little bit after national, and they said that they were uh, still doing their editing things, and that they'll send us some videos and more information. You know, when when the time is right. So usually that stuff takes time. So we're still playing. We're not waiting. We're still moving as if nothing yeah. happened. You know what I mean? But when that happens, it'll happen. But we haven't heard anything new as of yet. But we expect to. But you know, whether they're here or not, we still gonna keep it keep it pushing. That's cool. So it's in the wings. That's good. Yeah, it's in the wings. It's definitely in the wings. I mean, they wouldn't have paid all that money for all that if it wasn't in the wings. So right, yeah. Like we didn't get any of the money, but <laughs> let, me, let me tell you though, man, what I wouldn't give for like, man, like fifty thousand bucks and all three of us in the same location. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, man, we starting pumping content like crazy. Well, I, I, I mean, I would almost make a guarantee that we would end up on Netflix in, in no time, man. Like, I seen, I seen comedians get stand up specials on Netflix that have less followers than I got, man. Yeah, uh, I saw, I saw um, a Netflix. Uh, no, it was a YouTube. The guy did this stuff on YouTube, and he was pretty funny. Uh, and he got like two million views, whatever, and it started him up. Uh, yeah, YouTube is now one of the hottest platforms to uh, to boost uh, comedians' careers. Yeah, no joke, no joke, and you know because there's they could put it out themselves pretty much. Mm-hmm. Crazy. You know, awesome. That's kind of what, you know. That's kind of what people do when uh, all else fails. When HBO doesn't want to buy the special, yeah. Netflix doesn't want to buy their special, then they they don't want to just not put it out. So. They put it out on on YouTube, and you know you get if you're getting two million uh, hits on it, you know you're definitely getting some type of stream of revenue from it. But you're also, but you're also gaining a shit ton of new fans from that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, man. I mean, I mean, uh, it's 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 becoming kind of controversial to say what's more beneficial: getting two million views on YouTube. Are getting twenty thousand views on Netflix. What's? Mm. I mean, of course, Netflix. You're getting way. You're getting a shit ton of money, but I mean, there's definitely pros and cons to both. Oh man, I agree. I agree. I mean, I, I'd rather go for the views because long term, that's that's it's going to work out. You know, or I mean, the views. I'd rather get like the audience. What is what I mean. I feel like I, I mean for I mean for the most part it's kind of just part of the shape. Damn, I hate this echo, man. I feel like it's part of the shape, and I feel like um, maybe uh, that's part of the progression of. I mean, very few times is Netflix or any company gonna hand over a bunch of money to something that's unproven. Um, that hasn't already done maybe a special on YouTube that got th- two or three million hits. Um, so, you know, if I were if I was uh, in the uh, in the in the reins and trying to uh, come up with my first plot, my first strategy, um, I do I really like the idea of kind of spreading uh, stock around, especially. Uh, through methods like blockchain and exclusive NFT. Uh, obviously, I think NFTs are going to be a, a huge part of the future of the hobby. 
um, just kind of like Parker said, whether whether we like it or not, whether we're hip to it or not, uh, people are still going to just be cashing in on it and it's going to just become uh, more and more prevalent and actually collected rather than just seen as an investment. Um, but I, I would, re- I mean, I, I kind of joked about it before, but I mean, biasedly speaking, I'd love to implement card art, man, and just kind of broaden the horizon, uh, do some of the methods that we were talking about before with uh, putting out a kit to make card art with your family, with your kids, and all that kind of stuff, and um, and just push push card art, man, and it's it's going to be a new uh, a new market, a, a new platform that that we're all that we. Can make. <clears throat> So why not, uh, you know, turn the tornado on the card art? So I obviously won't won't disagree with that. <laughs> I mean, then there's no shortage of us out there. I mean, they can feature one, you know, couple of guys or girls this year, a couple of guys or girls another year. Like definitely, you know, and spread the love that way for sure. Yeah. Also, KK, I never really got a, a chance to talk to you too much about uh, whatnot uh, and um, what me and the, the dude talked about uh, on a FaceTime conversation. We, uh, we, we kind of talked about me having like a monthly show where I, I mean, because I, I, I don't know if you're familiar, but they do um, like one minute auction while you're live streaming and we talked about me doing a show where I have like 10, 15, maybe 20 different pieces that I sell during this like hour show on whatnot in these one minute increments. Yeah. So it sounds like a unique uh, opportunity to, um, you know, get some of our guys on a new platform especially if they're willing to promote it for me on their side of things. Um, that could be kind of a cool thing, man. And they yeah, will. I mean, I've, I've been seeing them supporting a lot of breakers and stuff like that too. And people who sell one minute auctions. I mean, you got, we got to just make sure our audience is there at that time so that we, you know, you just advertise it ahead of time. Be like, you know, be here for this, you know, cause it's so short, but that's the yeah. game. I mean, that's everybody knows it. It's more than that, though. If they're promoting it on their end, there's yeah, going to be way more people. Yeah. yeah. There's going to be a whole bunch of people that are looking at it that maybe they have no idea what it is, but they're going to be like, damn, this is awesome. I've never seen this before. You know, I'm, yeah, you know? Naka, Naka was breaking on Instagram, and then he started breaking on on whatnot. And just because he's on whatnot, they also they, they promote it for him. But even without the promotion – just the way it is from what I saw, he had way more people in his, in his live than he did on Instagram. He didn't know half of the people in there. Yep. That's exactly what I'm saying, man. So, and uh, from what dude was telling me, there are no other uh, card artists selling on the platform, man, especially there are zero other ones that they're promoting. (laughs) They actually reached out to us this week and asked us to go on there. And I had to ask them if they even knew who we were. I you know what I dropped the name, so I know for sure they know who you are. Oh, that's probably um, the only reason why. No wonder why they yeah they, they should have done some research first after you dropped our name because 
unless they're giving us money, we can't be on whatnot for nothing. Uh, what know, do we, we don't sell anything. You brought up the, I brought up the same thing. I said, uh, in fact, I brought up all of our names. I, 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 they wanted to sponsor our podcast, and uh, homie told me that he, uh, he wanted to see what I could build on the whatnot platform before they start uh, talking about, you know. Yeah. I, I like the platform. I love the platform. The hobby needs that platform. Uh, it's doing a lot of people. It's changing a lot of people's lives, too. People have actually learned how to make a living on that platform. Man. But for me, uh, from what we do, even if we did or were to sell something, I'd rather do it on my own platform. Yeah. Well, for, I mean, from what I know about you and what you guys do, that I mean, there's nothing for you on that platform. Yeah, but yeah, I right. But even if I was gonna sell my wax, I wouldn't go on whatnot and sell my wax. Gotcha. You know, that's yeah. just me person. That's just me person. That's just me personally. It has nothing to do with any of the people or the brand. Like I said, I love. I think it's an amazing idea. It's just not for me. Yeah, I dig it, man. Uh, the way I see it, man, I'm definitely, I'm definitely willing to roll the dice. You should, uh, you should, bro, you should, because I'm gonna so tune in and I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be in on that shit. <laughs> like as a spectator, I, I, I do it. I don't really consume, but as I, I spectate on whatnot a lot, especially when my fellow people that I like are breaking on there for entertainment yeah. purposes. I love, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, man. I think, I think it could be cool, man. Um, I think it could be just another cool way to get, uh, 10, 10 more artists that I really, uh, appreciate in the hobby and, and get some sales for them real quick on a new platform, uh, getting some new fans, getting some new followers. So if it, if it Unless, works, if it works out, it works out. If not, I'm gonna keep it moving. You know, it's nothing. No. I'm sharing, I'm sharing that post for you, dog. You already know. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. I mean, yeah. Who, who knows, man? That could be that could be the <laughs> now. Who knows? No doubt. I think we're good with these questions, boys. Yeah, these were some good questions, man. But uh, I do feel like it almost is that time for the triple S. There we go. Savage shout outs. A lot better than I do it. Ain't nothing to it but to do it. All right, I'll start this one off. Um, I just, in keeping with uh, the theme of collaboration and collaborative efforts and investments uh, in in the community, within the community, or with in business bringing into the community bringing new innovation um i'm just going to shout out a couple of people that i just collaborate with over the years and um obviously uh my main man donnie b is definitely number one on that list uh if it wasn't for our our, our collaboration god now what are we talking about almost mm -hmm. almost two years ago um you know we wouldn't i wouldn't be where i am today um, and, uh, I just, you know, wanted to give that, extend that to you, Donnie. Um, but you know, I'm, I got other people that, you know, come in, come in and out and, um, and, and when they believe in you, then they give you a project and something they, they, they trust in you. And, uh, you know, I want to recognize those guys and, uh, uh, like Matt Jerry, uh, sports doc collector, um, this, uh, the card Messiah, if you guys don't know who that is, uh, that's Jay. 
uh, on Instagram. It's the card Messiah underscore 19. Uh, dude's uh, in Australia. I think he travels a lot, but uh, he's definitely Australian because he, he has a crazy Australian accent. But um, he he definitely likes to work with collaborations, and um, we got things in the works that are that are going to be coming up. You know when uh, when the time is right. Uh, another dude, uh, Greg. Uh, his tag is at Real G Wiz, uh, Real R E A L G Double uh, E W I Z Z. On the group chat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, that dude is his name is Greg, and. Uh, we basically got a little collaboration going out now uh, that I'm working on to uh, get some apparel maybe into the NBA. We'll see what, what goes on with that. Um, hey. Yeah. And, um, and uh, you know, uh, Papa Prism's out there. I got some, uh, a really cool project going on with him. That's going to be, uh, we're going to be dropping at least the first piece. We got maybe five in, in total on the whole project. So uh, look forward to seeing that one coming out pretty soon. And um, and anybody, you know, who comes down the pipe with with, a, you know, with a with like some serious ammo and some serious like, you know, uh, belief in me, uh, you know, we can work together and, and we can figure things out. Obviously, I rock with my main two guys right here. But, uh, you know, if uh, we rise together, then uh, I'm, I'm all about listening to people and their ideas and stuff like that. I always love uh at least hearing, you know, people out when they have, uh, when they're really enthusiastic about the hobby and, and when they see card art and they see how, like, how it's blossoming and everything, like, really appreciate it, man. So those were basically what four shout outs I had there or five shout outs. So, um, well, I don't want to keep going. Shout out to the card messiah for buying your Tom Brady piece when we auctioned it off. Yeah, the dude just hit me up last week and he wants me to make a custom label so that, uh, a, a friend of him can slab it. So uh, there's going to be another another iteration to that card in a little while as well. Mm. So that that shit ain't done, <laughs> dude. And that's a that's a piece that we're talking about a piece that you made as a commission. Then that dude sold it on eBay. You bought it and sold yeah. it for like three times more. Yeah, that's how that worked. Uh, I, I the, the dude went on eBay and sold sold one of my pieces. With and no I swear promotion. to God. What? With no promotion? Yeah, no, like he, he didn't really have the platform to promote it the way he could have. Um, but he did sell. He also commissioned the Wanda Franco from me that he sold for twelve hundred. So but the dude made his really money. Have, I guess he really wanted he, he really wanted to roll the dice on that one. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe because like he was holding on to it for too long. It's understandable, but. Like he definitely, uh, he definitely didn't hit up Donnie B for an auction. Otherwise, he would have been a little better off. Ironically, he didn't lose money on that proposition, though. No, he didn't at all. <laughs> Not at all. I mean, he he made a grand off the wander. So, like you know, that's all good. I mean, I I like it when people make that kind of money off my work because it shows that like, yeah, that it works. Yeah, you know I, that it shows even I, someone like him that it works. I get excited when people uh, hit me up about a piece that I already sold and like, who did you sell it to? I want to try to buy it. It's kind of a cool feeling, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. The secondary market is important, man, because like, that's what fine art does, man. And um, 
when it gets into the digital realm, what's exciting about the digital realm is that um, you can you can attach a contract to your your digital art that that stays firm, and because you can track the you can track the purchasing of it. So like there's you can you can gain royalties is what I'm saying. Uh, you know, if it even if it sells five times over, you get paid five times. It's like um like getting paid for a residual, uh, you know, on a, on a TV show. So, you know, um, I like seeing, I like seeing uh, secondary market purchases and like people rebuying it, man, because that's an important part of it, of it working. So, yeah. So like those guys who believe in me, man, shout out. What's that? Yeah, I agree, man. I, in fact, I, um, I'd spend quite a bit of time explaining secondary market to, to some of these newer artists in the, in the space. Um, because not everybody's willing to pay top dollar for something they don't feel that they could move if they had to. Um, and if you're talking about a artist that maybe has sold, uh, you know, less than 10 of their pieces, more than likely there's no secondary market of people, you know, clawing to, you know, buy the pieces that have already been made rather than, hit them up and get a commission made or something like that. Right. So to get that reputation to where not only people like it, but when you drop a piece, you know, maybe it'll sell quickly and then there'll be someone bummed out that they didn't get the opportunity to buy it and they go out and, and buy it for twice of what it's sold for, you know, um, and establishing that type of, uh, market obviously not the easiest thing to do man like we're all trying to figure it out as we go but um that is a, a huge factor in it because if you're if you're talking about someone that's just going to buy a keepsake that's going to sit on their desk you know you're not everyone's got 150 bucks or more to spend on something like that to just have as a keepsake but people have 500 bucks, a thousand bucks to invest in something that they think might turn into more money. Um, but as far as my triple S super savage shout out, um, I, I wanted to, uh, I mean, like I said, I wanted to, to both you guys, Pete and card killer, um, man, true, true as it comes, man, we, we really do all rise together and it's cool to see, all three of us doing our thing uh, individually and collectively. Um, but to, to, to take it outside the whack. Mm-hmm. Um, I see what you did there. <laughs> uh, we had it outside the wax, but now we're taking it outside the wax. And uh, man, I got to, I got to shout out my guy, Loyal Luke. With the echo, okay. man, echo. Um, loyal, it's at loyal Luke thirty seven, and uh, not only uh, has that dude been making some real cool pieces lately, uh, we actually auctioned off uh, a Marshawn Lynch piece that he made, and uh, I don't know if you got a chance to see that, Pete. It had uh, two packs of Skittles just raining down Skittles on Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. a style card um yeah and that was yeah that was a real creative piece and uh it did, it did pretty well for it being like a baby auction 
it's echo man it's killing me <laughs> um, but yeah and, and he's also been helping me on, on graphics and just a all-around good dude man he's a super savage shout out echo style echo style with it all right my super savage shout out for this week, his 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 tag, his handle is is the S P R T Z card C O L T R. But you could also just put in Samuel Evans. Uh, this guy is a guy that I met via Instagram, of course, the hobby. He's across the country in Pennsylvania. I'm here in California, but he's also the dean of, uh, no, not the dean. He's the principal at his either high school or, or junior high. I can't remember which one, but he's also a collector as well, too. He, he does these hobby vlogs every week where he finds cards from his collection, from his childhood. And he just tells you a story about him, the history of the card, what it means to him. And it's just, just a real cool dude. Always chopping it up with him at least every other day. I don't know if I said it already, but I have to say it again, even if, even if I did. He, he His bow tie game is off the hook. Like He wears a different <laughs> bow tie every single time he does his vlog. So there's at least 30 different bow ties you'll see. Um, <laughs> just a real stand-up guy, and it's just good to see another, another African-American, another black dude in the hobby just doing positive things and sharing knowledge and wealth and his smile uh, more than anything, not just with me, but with everybody. So shout out to Evans for sure, for sure. Uh, the sports card cults are. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Real- All right. I've been reposting his stuff lately. That dude is uh, – he, he's about as real as it gets. For a for a card collector, yeah, I love I love hearing this. I mean, yeah, he, yeah. Just like you said, man, he really does go in depth of like you know why these uh, off off brand cards mean uh, a significant amount to him, uh, and it's very cool to hear uh, the stories because we all have our own similar stories just like it. Right. I mean, he, he brings value to every card and it doesn't have to be monetary uh, value and it doesn't have to be a Michael Jordan. It can literally be a guy you didn't even know existed in the NBA, but he's going to tell you why that card or that person meant something to him or to someone. And it's like I said, it's, I just love it. I love it. <laughs> I, love yeah, it. I want to thank you guys it. for hanging out. Hell yeah. I'm going to have to figure out how to shake this echo for next round, but. Um, I feel like we still got a good one in and uh, looking forward to posting this one, man. Yes, sir. Yeah. Sounds right. Sounds right, guys. You guys, uh, I'm uh, a little late here on the East Coast, so uh, I'm going to say good night. Right good on, night, man. Gentlemen. Yeah, I'll catch you all outside the wax, man. We'll talk soon. Peace. All right, guys.